This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Series entitled Crossing Over, and, and message three is entitled The Fruits of Victory. Before we come to the word, let's pray. Uh, and let's pray that God will truly drop his uh, bread uh, of life into our spirit, that we might grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. There is absolutely no doubt about it that God wants you to know him in a deeper way. He wants to call us closer to himself and to reveal himself to us in ways that we've not yet experienced and known. Hallelujah. So, Father, we come before you tonight. We thank you for the promises of God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the moving and the stirring of your spirit. And, Lord, we ask as we gather around your word and look at the gems and the riches of it, that, Father, you will make it plain to us, that you will grant us understanding. We ask that you will open our spiritual eyes that we might see things we've never seen before. Lord, I ask that the river would be in this place, the river of your spirit. And as we sit under your word, let peace reign in our hearts. And Lord, let there be love shed among us. May there be joy in the house of the Lord tonight because of the victory of Jesus. And even though we're living in days that David has been speaking of, Pastor Dave, Father, we thank you that you are in total control. You are still sovereign. You are controlling all things. So we say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And to God be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Open your Bible with me uh, to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. And we'll come to the word of the Lord in a few moments. I, I realize that because I've only got a few hours with you and I want to sort of bring some conclusions to the story uh, or the aspect that I am handling anyway, that I'm making big leaps and jumps in the book. If I, if I was here uh, as a pastor with you, you understand that I would like to have walked through this book in a different way. And I'm sure that Pastor Dave does take those times with you where he'll open up a whole series on a book. But I just want us to glean that which God has de- wants to deposit in our hearts and minds today. So, uh, you know, there were many, many battles that Joshua fought. There were many, many victories. Uh, And when the people of God were walking in obedience and doing and obeying the commands of God, then they experienced victory. When they were disobedient, when they were moving away from the ways of God, then they experienced defeat. And it, it really is a spiritual image for us of how God requires us to walk with him that we might live and know the victory of the Lord in daily life. And this is, again, as I said this morning, this is not just a a revisiting of history, even though the detail that we're looking at is absolutely historic fact. These are not myths and stories to explain truth. They are actual historical events that happened across the face of the earth in a particular time, in a particular season. And so the most his period is over and Joshua comes into the forefront of his ministry and the people of God are walking with him journeying through their lives this was their story just as you have a story of what God has done with you and where he's brought you to today this was their story they were living this life Uh, and so it's important that we understand that this was not just something that God was saying, look, you know, this is a history book that I want you to learn. This has a real relevance for you spiritually moving forward in your own journey as God shapes your pathway. So let me begin by reading some verses from Joshua chapter 14, reading from verse 6. The Bible says that when the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb son of Jephunneh, the Kesenite said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. 
I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. I love that vocabulary there. I brought back a report according to my convictions. That meant he was absolutely persuaded and convinced in his spirit and in his mind that that which God had purposed and said was already theirs was a fact waiting to happen. Hallelujah. It was an absolute fact waiting to be manifest in time. And Caleb carried that type of spirit and type of awareness and perception. And so here we continue the story. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kedish Barney to explore the land. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for you to explore the land. That's what I was referring to this morning when I said that we have to understand what it is that God has given. If we don't have knowledge and wisdom and understanding of what God has given, how can we know what to claim in the realm of the Spirit? If we don't have the knowledge and understanding of the victory and the triumph of God, how can we begin to live in the manifestation of that in everyday life? So we have to go beyond the natural and the normal understanding to come up to a higher level and only God can take you to that place. So instead of you opening the word and reading something that really you feel has little relevance and uh, you think, how can this have any impact on my daily life and me as a person in my spirit, my heart and my mind, you realize that God is saying something of absolute eternal enormity and it has relevance for you as you move through your life. Hallelujah. Every word from God counts for the season that you are in, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm trying to get through a reading here. Glory to God. Amen. And so, I brought back a report according to my convictions, but my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So I am here today, 85 years old. Not me, I'm not 85 (laughs) years old. I thought I'd better make that plain because I know if your eyes are dim and you cannot see, you might think, (laughs) you have not brought your specs with me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned something about myself, you know. I've been around myself long enough. (laughs) I love fun and laughter. I reckon Jesus with the disciples, I reckon they had more fun and laughter and joy than any group of men that walked through life together. It was a moment of victory as they walked together. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's not disrespectful to laugh in church. We've got the joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And if you're offended, that's because there's offense in your spirit already. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Doesn't the word of God make you bold, Pastor Dave? I said bold, you know. (laughs) Just in case you you never heard me, you know. Do you want a tissue, bro? (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. I could see I could see it's going to be a real rare night, isn't it, really, you know. Just hold the line, I'm going to blow my nose. (laughs) Glory to God. Right, come on, let's come back. Glory to God. So where was I before you interrupted me? 
Um, 85 years old, thank you, Sally. Yeah, another one thinks I'm 85 years old. Glory to God. He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said to, to Moses while Israel moved about the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. <laughs> I'm never going to get past that line. <laughs> Look at what he says. He says, I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous. Now, you've got to remember that here we're not talking, for our context, we're not talking about just... Uh, uh, physical energy or oh, God can give that to you but we're talking about spiritual vigor we're talking about spiritual determination to press through to claim that which God has said was yours and is yours amen and that's the image that we have here I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day you yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified but the Lord helping me with the Lord helping me I will drive them out just as he said then Joshua blessed Caleb son of Jephunneh and gave him Hebron as his inheritance amen first thing I want to share with you I'm just going to quickly come through some points this is a massive message I don't know whether I'll get it all out tonight but just let me say this firstly it's time for you to make a Caleb claim it's time for you to make a Caleb claim Caleb and Joshua the two spies came back with a good report we've read it they had an assurance in their spirit that they could take hold of that which God had already said was theirs but there's some faith actions that we also have to follow if we are going to make a Caleb type claim of what God has given to us firstly follow the Lord wholeheartedly that's what it says in verse 8. Follow the Lord wholeheartedly. And there's a comparison between those brothers who went up with him because they came back with a report of fear. And it's very significant that I'm preaching this right now on this particular weekend, isn't it? That we do not believe the report of fear because it's been bombarded into your home. It's been bombarded towards us everywhere. But we do not operate with fear. The hearts of the people began to melt. What does that mean? Faith drips out from you. You lose faith and your spirit drops and your mind begins to think in negative ways that are not in keeping with the word of of truth your faith seeps out your expectation of victory is gone your confidence is removed and you are robbed of walking in the peace and the presence of God so I want to encourage you in this day that which we're living to rub shoulders with people of faith hallelujah rub shoulders with people who will encourage you and build you up in the faith hallelujah we rebuke fear in the name of Jesus and then feet of faith must walk forward into inheritance follow the Lord with feet of faith and receive your inheritance the land on which you put your feet there where you have walked the journey that you have trod the things that God has brought you through as you move forward on your spiritual journey claim them things claim the things that you know claim the things that you've lived in the experiences and the victories of the past protect them and claim them because they are your inheritance and the children's inheritance forever why because you've hollered the lord wholeheartedly amen, amen. you know what we're talking about here is terri territory spiritual territory the land of your heart the land of your mind of your inner being and God's purpose is that we take authority in these areas and we defeat enemies that come against us what type of enemies enemies without enemies within the enticements and the snares of the world the enemy moves through the temptations that exist in the world and we need to recognize them as tools that the enemy uses and rebuke them and don't 
be involved in things that are not appropriate for us as the children of God. And then there's the temptations, there's the enticements, the ensnaring of the flesh and the things that we would gravitate to in our normal fallen human nature. We rebuke those in the name of Jesus and we allow God to fill us with his holiness, his righteousness and his purity. What about the drives of our physical body? We take control of the drives of our physical body. We harness them and we bring them into subjection to the power of the Spirit within our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's why 1 Corinthians 9.26 is coming up on the screen right now. Paul's saying, Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. What does that mean? Does that mean you treat your body harshly? And we go back to the days of people when they used to whip themselves on the back and think there was some spiritual dimension to that? Not at all. What it means is we take control in the authority of God. We take control of the powers of the flesh and the influences of our natural mind and heart and we subject it to the will and the purpose of God. Amen? And so thanks be to God for that. Then it says, follow the Lord forever. Verse 10, follow the Lord forever. Just imagine what it was like for Caleb, this man of God. He's 40 years old. He was 40 when he obeyed the first command of the Lord to go in through the voice of Moses, go in and spy the land. He's now 85 and he acknowledges that it is God that has kept him all these years. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's God that's kept you all these years. Now tell them this, it is God who will keep you in the years to come. Hallelujah. Nothing can take you out before your time. Amen. Amen. Come on. Nothing, nothing, no matter what it is, nothing can take you out before your time in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Your days and your times are set by God himself. No matter what is happening across the face of the earth and the world right now, your God is sovereign in all things in your life because you are a son and heir of the Most High God. Thanks be to God. And so there is a wonderful word here. Follow the Lord forever. Set it in your spirit that you will never deviate to the left or the right from his ways and from his will. Now, there'd been a whole generation that had not had done that. And it all starts in Deuteronomy where we have the record of the rebellion. And the rebellion was this, that they moaned and groaned against God and they moaned and groaned against Moses. Turn to your neighbor and say, never moan against your pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've just got an amen from Pastor Dave on the front row. <laughs> We're in agreement, brother. <laughs> Glory. But never moan, never grumble against God. You know, in these days, we say, Lord, what on earth are you doing? It's not him. We're living in a fallen world. The results of sin, the result of us operating in ways that are not right with God. Look at what is happening in the land. Look at what is happening in the nation where we are promoting sin. We are acknowledging sin as if it's righteousness and righteousness if it's, as if it's wickedness. And we don't expect to see any uh, things happening. Of course it will. God is going to bring about his purpose and his will across the face of the earth. And so here we have a whole generation that moaned and this is what God said to them. He said, when the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore. Can I say this? That meant, did, did not mean that God sinned. There is a wholeness in his, it's a righteous anger because of what is right. And so there was no sin. Angry and solemnly swore, not a man of this evil, sorry about that, generation. <laughs> I'd never get a degree, you know, I never get a degree. I've spent time with the Lord, all I've got is a spirit level. <laughs> but that's not actually true, I'm well schooled. I've done my homework. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's educated him after school. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Woo! 
So no generation shall see the good land I swore to give to your forefathers except for Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He will see it. Can you see, remember what we were looking at this morning? He will see it. He had to see it before he could claim it and move in. But he could see it. And I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on. Hallelujah. Authority. The foot down that we were talking about over yesterday. And so because, why? Because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's all about your heart. It's all about your heart. You're not very good at talking to each other, are you? I, I do normally have a preach with like no response going on or, or uh, just turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Paul wants to hear from you tonight. Glory to God. Amen. I love it. And then, secondly, we're already at the second point. Hallelujah. It's time to take the hill country. It's time to take the hill country. Joshua 12, verse 14. At this age, at 85, he reminds Joshua of the promise of God. And he's not willing to move away from his claim. Hallelujah. Now give me this hill country. The mountain, the high place. This speaks of the inheritance of God in Christ. The high spiritual ground, the high authority of God in your life, highest understanding and highest knowledge that we have because we have the mind of Christ. Why do you think Islam, the Muslims, when they move into an area to erect a building to their God, they want the pinnacle to be the highest in the area. We should rebuke that and shouldn't permit that in the name of Jesus because they recognize that height has something to say. That's why years ago the C of E, C of e and the Church of Ireland buildings, they built them with spires to, to say, look, this is the highest place of worship. And so mountains mean so much in the word of God. Claim the hill country. It speaks of the manifest abundance. It speaks of the protection. It speaks of the high place of God's provision in your life. It's the spiritual high ground. And we have full access to the high ground through Christ because we've been seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Claim the hill country. But my friend, there are conditions to claiming the high ground. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 6, going to come up on the screen right now. I tell you what I'd love is, can we read this together? Can you see it at the bottom? Amen? One, two, three. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Generation. This is a message, and why does God, because there is no word in the Bible that is not meant to be present. It's there. And the psalmist puts a recognition here, O God of Jacob. Why? It's not just a throwaway statement. It's a connection. It's a connection to Jacob and to Esau. And listen to Esau, who sold his birthright. This is what God said of Esau. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Yet I have loved Jacob, but have hated Esau. He didn't choose to hate Esau. He hated what was coming from his spirit. And so I have turned his what? Mountains. I've turned his mountains into a wasteland and left his inheritance in the desert to jackals. And so the birthright is so, so important for the firstborn son or the son of promise is the one who receives the inheritance from the Lord. Hallelujah. Esau didn't understand. 
the wealth of his birthright. He sold it for immediate and temporary pleasure. To the one who claims inheritance and the birthright of the firstborn, Jesus, then we can rejoice with the psalmist because coming up right now is that great message from the psalms. And while this is coming, I'm going to blow my nose. That's okay. I'll read it for you. Hear the word of the Lord. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Give me the hill country, the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. Look at the connection. He will not let your foot slip as you move forward in the realm of the Spirit to claim the high territory and spiritual things that God has given. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never slumber or sleep. The Lord watches over you. He is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. And the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great promise? Amen. Glory. You can clap for Jesus if you like. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. The watching over of the firstborn. The watching over of the firstborn is applied to your life as you live it out and your journey to ascend the hill of the Lord, to take the high ground. Take the high ground this weekend in your spiritual life. Take the high ground because it's your birthright. Don't throw it away for a single meal. Don't throw it away for a moment of earthly, fleshly pleasure. But stand under the anointing of God and say to the Lord, Lord, I am this age, but I'm here to claim the high ground of my spiritual life. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> Coming back to this great passage of Scripture in uh, 14, Joshua 14, there's a reason why Joshua and Caleb were the ones that were able to take hold of their inheritance. Three things, very, very simply. Number one, because they believed it was possible with God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor again. Tell them all things are possible with God. Now, sometimes we have that thinking that it's possible for everybody else, but it's not possible for me. Because you see, what, what I've done. But I want to tell you tonight that it's possible for you. Because all the possibilities don't rest on you. They rest on what Christ has done. And what he's done already, that you might claim them in the authority of God. And then, secondly, it was because they believed the promises of God. Amen. Learn the promises of God. Get them into your spirit and your heart. And thirdly, because they received his purpose by faith. Amen. They received his purpose by faith. What God has said was already there. In truth, it was all to do with what was in Caleb and Joshua's spirit. They had a different spirit to the others. The spirit of fear had gripped the other ten spies, but the spirit of faith had taken hold of Caleb and Joshua. They were both experienced in warfare. They were both experienced in battle. They'd faced the enemy head on and they'd won many, many battles. Faith in God enabled them to win victory. And now Cable is, uh, Caleb is expecting the fruit of victory. He's expecting the fruit of victory. Are you expecting the fruit of victory in your life? Because it's normal for the Christian. Hallelujah. It's normal for the Christian. The fruit of the victory of Christ in your life is normal. Amen. Now, Caleb had crossed over. He's on the other side. He's been journeying with Joshua, who represents, typifies Jesus. He's walking with him. They are both true men of God, and they've pressed on to victory.
Uh, I love the fact that so many shadows in the Old Testament uh, and in the parables and the, and the accounts of the Gospels, they are like mirror images of our spiritual life. So let me take you to uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. Just come with me very, very quickly. Let me see and let me show us something so wonderful that uh, God does in the life of Christ stressing the importance of us crossing over. And uh, remember that uh, when they crossed over, they immediately faced a Jericho. So if you're crossing over into the greatest things that God has for you, there'll be a Jericho that you have to deal with. But there'll also be a storm that you have to deal with at times. Perhaps we're in a storm right now. And we have to deal with it in the authority of God. So Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's cross over, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still, he said. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Wow, what a story. You know, the enemy is quite comfortable for you to stay on the other side. In fact, he's quite comfortable even if you get in the boat but he's petrified about you crossing over. Crossing over into the greatest things that God has for you in your life and your future, in your spirit, where that which is of God becomes a total consuming priority for you so that the things of the world have no hold upon your heart and your life, crossing over into the spiritual land. And so... Arriving on the other side was an absolute fact because Jesus had said, let's cross over to the other side. There was absolutely no doubt that they would arrive. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's no doubt that you will arrive. Tell it, I mean, you might not feel that tonight. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, there is absolutely no doubt that you will arrive to the spiritual place where God has called you to be. Hallelujah. Not only in this physical realm, but also in the eternal realm. Amen. When you see me, uh, you're going to think, wow, Pastor Paul is looking fantastic, a full head of hair. He doesn't look 85 anymore. <laughs> Glory to God. He's not even 40. You know, he reminds me of a man who was 33. Wouldn't that be one? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Fit that into your theology. <laughs> Woo! Glory. And so there's no doubt they would arrive. But on the journey, the fear factor kicked in because the storms, it was a furious squall, it says. A furious squall. It describes life. It describes what we can go through. It describes some of the most traumatic, traumatic moments in life. But Jesus is in the boat with them. And he's unperturbed. He's at total peace. He's asleep. And they wake him up and say, Master, are you not bothered about us and sometimes we can feel Lord in the storm in the trial where are you but I want to tell you he's right there he's right there in it with you you're not in it on your own again the promise that was given to Joshua I will never leave you and never forsake you hallelujah you're crossing over you're crossing over in the name of Jesus amen crossing over and there are keys to the spiritual life as we put these into practice crossing over in life just let me pause a moment right now
as I spoke these words, somebody's spirit just, it hit your spirit. Because maybe there's some things you are facing right now, you think, Lord, only your intervention can change this. I want to tell you, God says, I'll intervene. I'll intervene. He'll intervene. Something that you need to see changed. Something that you need God to handle in your spirit, heart, and mind, but also circumstances. The waves have been bashing and thrashing. God says, I'm right there in the storm with you. Be aware of my hand. Be aware of my voice. In your health, if you're struggling with your health, be aware of my voice in the trial and in the storm. For I'll carry you. Strengthen your legs. Strengthen your knees. Strengthen you with power from on high to be able to walk the walk that God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't always know who that's for, but I do tonight. End of story. So, keys to making spiritual progress in crossing over. Number one, keep forward facing. Keep looking forward. Keep moving forwards in the right direction. Do not be distracted from the shore. Keep focused on where you're going. Don't look past. The past is under the blood of Jesus. Leave it there in Jesus' name. Put it under the blood. Don't let your past define who you are today. Even your mental condition and state. Do not let that define you in the name of Jesus. Let your mind be healed tonight. As you come under the sound of the voice of God, let all anxiety, let all pain, let all discomfort and despair be gone in the name of Jesus. I speak over your mind and I say be made whole in Jesus name because your past cannot shape your future you are a new person in Christ you're of the firstborn and God has said I'm more than able to bring this to pass for you in a single moment of a divine touch in Jesus name you know God has already written your story simply live it out by faith and then secondly, forget the former things. These are all Fs so you can remember them. Forget the forward, the former things. Isaiah 43, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I've found this when there's mental disturbance in someone's heart, when there's mental disturbance in someone's spirit, generally their focus is looking back. Their focus is looking on life, how it has been, and how, what you've been through to bring you to that point. Uh, but if there's a shift in our focus and we'll look ahead as to where God can take us to, there's an uplift in your spirit. There's an uplift in your thinking. And that's very natural and normal. You know, doctors try to deal with that through medication. But I want to tell you, there's a higher way and a better way in the power of God's word in Jesus' name. I'm not saying come off your medication, but I am saying there's a higher way and there's a better way. You always need to get medical help and uh, make sure you do what is right before any pastor says let this happen in the name of Jesus I'm saying to you in these type of areas there is a higher process and a higher way that you can come to in the name of Jesus and you can have wisdom in how you deal with what is happening in your spirit and your mind right now in the name of Jesus time to change turn to your neighbor and say it's time to change Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm. I love this. He says, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Again, do, can you see it? Can you see it before it happens? I am making a way where? In the desert. 
and streams in the wastelands. What a connection to Israel that had wandered around for so long in a wilderness. And then back in Joshua chapter 14, we find Caleb now at the age of 85 saying he's still as strong, still as ready to go out to do battle as he was when he was 40. And at this stage in his life, he reminds Joshua what God had promised to him. 12, give me the hill country. Verse 12, give me the hill country. Perhaps there's areas of your life tonight that God would say, bring it to me. Some things that you maybe need to let go of in order that you might be able to claim fresh things from God. Things that have remained under your control or the control of the enemy, but they need to come to the Lord tonight so that nothing can hold you back in Jesus' name. And then thirdly, it's time for you to claim the whole inheritance. Amen? It's time for you to claim the whole inheritance. I just want to jump forward here, Paul, and, and, and um, come straight to clear the land. Is that Okay. I often hear people claiming all that belongs to them and saying they have done and when they're not really in that place, in the reality. And I love this because we have in chapter 17, I'm not going to read it, let me just tell you it. We have a group of people, a group of people who come and say, uh, we haven't been given enough of our inheritance. Hallelujah. A group of people that was connected to the tribe of Joseph, they come and they say, we need more. Hallelujah. There's more. We need more because we've grown and we've expanded. And so... We know the story, don't we? Joshua allocates even more land to them. But in the land, there are still the Canaanites there. And in the land, it says there's, there's, there's uh, warriors and they have chariots of iron. And they are strong, great, strong people there. And so, but the people of God are convinced that they can go in and deal with the uh, defeat of those people and take the territory. And then it says that when they get to that territory, it's hill country, it's forest land, and the first thing they have to do is clear land in the forest. Amen? Clear land in the forest. What's the connection here? It's about clearing out from our hearts and our lives things that should not be present and the replacing of things that we should be present in the name of Jesus. So burn up the dross. Let the work of the cross deal with everything of the flesh. Let a real godly authority and spiritual power in our lives come in. Clear it out so that we can take control of the spiritual territory. Uh, the farthest limits will be yours. That's what the word of the Lord says. And then not only claim the forests on the sides of the hill, but claim the valley. Amen? It said in the valley, the enemy was strong. Let me just pause there. When you're in the valley, you can feel that what you're facing is strong. And it was in the valley that the Bible says that there were those with chariots of iron. But the Spirit of God was so resting upon his people that they were able to go with confidence and say, even though the enemy has chariots of iron, we can bring defeat in the name of Jesus. We can see victory. We can see triumph. And they had that spirit and they had that heart and determination before they even moved into this territory because they knew what it meant to have spiritual strength, spiritual zeal, and the power of the Most High resting upon them. And, and then I want to say claim the strength of the Lord. Hallelujah. Claim the strength of the Lord. Amen. You know, sometimes we can, through life, through what we've been through, we can feel weak. We can feel worn out. Um, and I say that, uh, I, I just rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> and uh, we can arise. Uh, 
in the authority of God. Claim the strength of God to be yours, even in your physical body. There are things that you know you need to do, things that you know you need to attend to, things that you've had on a list in your life, things that have, have become uh, so dominant in your thinking and you almost have lost your energy and your strength to be able to do it. But I sell you in the name of Jesus, God is saying to you tonight, you can deal with everything you need to handle in the strength of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It might be your home. It might be that you've let things get out of hand in your life or in a particular area. The strength of the Lord is there for you. Begin to claim it and begin to do what you have to do because these people had to put things in order. Amen. God is a God of order. Put things in order in your life. Guys, come on. Get that list out that your wife gave you 10 years ago or five years ago and start to do the jobs. Turn the TV off. Come out of the shed. Face it head on in the name of Jesus and accomplish what you need to do. You will have a happy wife and a happy home. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Come on, guys. Come on. We are the leaders in the house. Amen? The wife has been saying to you, it's time you got this done. You say, I haven't got the strength. I'm sort of worn out, you know, doing all I'm currently doing. I can't do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Glory to God. Some of the wives are here saying, glory, I'm going to have a new husband when I get home. Woo! <laughs> See, there is something in the spiritual dimension that is an attack against men, attack against husbands. And even if you're not married, guys, I want to tell you, you, are, you need the strength of God to be the man that God has appointed you to be. And uh, that the natural uh, aspect to the fall in the flesh of man where we shirk responsibility. Look at what the first thing that Adam did. He blamed Eve. And yet it was his responsibility for the protection of Eve. When Eve, was, uh, fought, when Eve fell, where was Adam? Adam should have been there. Instead, he was playing on his computer. Bing, 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 bing. I can't get my head around these. Bing, 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 bing. What an absolute waste of time. Don't throw away the deepening spiritual life of God. Sorry about the deep theology, Martin. Bing, four, bing, 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 bing. How many hours do you spend on, how does it go? Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Come on. The distractions. That's what I'm talking about. The distractions that take us away from moving in the responsibility. If we are going to claim high ground, if we are going to claim the forest land, if we are going to claim the valley and deal with the enemy, if we are going to have the strength of God, it takes prioritizing in life turn it off get alone with God open your word you will find you accomplish more with the time you have than you ever dreamt was possible look at how many hours you have in a day you have 24 you say well I have to sleep yeah but you don't need to sleep as long as you do <laughs> <laughs> How many hours of sleep do you want? <laughs> I, I'm a man who rises early. Me and Pastor Dave, he, he, he rises early as well. I mean, we talked, we said, today, did you sleep last night? No, not much. Did you sleep this afternoon? No, not much. No, I didn't sleep this afternoon. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, a man... If he orders and structures his life, eight hours, if you need eight hours, that's up to you. Eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours 
to look after everything else. That's a big day, that, isn't it? It's longer. It's longer. Because God extends the time. He's a controller of time. And if the discipline and the structures are there, you will accomplish so much more in your life. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be believing God that you're going to have new energy from Jesus to be able to do what you need to do for his purpose. Set aside time to serve God. Set a time to serve God. Prioritize time to serve God. Face the enemy head on. Face the challenges head on in the authority of God and claim the strength of God. And then finally, claim the fruits of victory. I want to close tonight by reading a passage of Scripture from Deuteronomy about going to war. Deuteronomy 20 says this, When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward. For us, that's Jesus, the great high priest. The priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great way to conclude tonight? That the priest has gone before us. We must not be afraid. We must not be terrified. We must not be in panic because he has gone before us to lead us into victory. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that applies big time on this weekend for all of us as we face what is happening for the glory of God. So friend tonight, the story I've laid before you is an image of the life that we are living as we serve Christ. And the challenge is, it's time to take the high places. Ascend the hill of the Lord and take your place. For you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.